Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. So, um, Pastor Kurt, we need to be lifting him up. Um, Got a text uh, from Lucille. As many of you know, she had surgery on Friday. And um, she's home, so we need to keep lifting uh, her up. Uh, Gloria, continue to lift her up in prayer. And um, also, uh, many of you uh, know our administrator, Zen Jordan. Well, her brother uh, had an accident um, 13 years ago. And um, he she, he's, requires 24-hour care. Uh, he's paralyzed, um, and he is able to get around with a wheelchair with, with a breath and uh, a tube like that. So um, Zen and her brother Jean-Paul have been on my heart a lot the past, uh, specifically the last couple months. And uh, I would just appreciate a little bit more uh, help um, if we could continue to lift up members in our congregation. And so if you'll join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, Our bodies are just tents. We are just grass that's here for a short time, a vapor in the wind. And yet we have the incredible privilege of being made in your image. And these tents, um, because we are in a fallen world, wear out. And I do thank you that you do give us uh, our very breath. You give You know every cell in our body, every hair on our heads. And you know every single affliction that that plagues each one of us. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but we do know who holds tomorrow. And it is because of your son that we can come lifting up, as you have told us, to bring all sorts of prayers and petitions and requests before your throne. And we have a Uh, a list every week of many names on on it and you know every single need you know the needs that we have even before we present them to you but for some reason you allow us and give us the opportunity to lift them up to your heavenly courts so I want to thank you for bringing Lucille through the surgery on on Friday and as she is recovering and has a multitude of issues going on there. And Jack, her husband, is ministering to her as well. Father, I pray that, that you would bring swift healing to her body. You would also uh, give the, the strength and the resources and the sleep and everything that is needed for, for Jack as, his, as her caregiver. There are so many other people that, that are caregivers in this congregation. There are people who have gone through surgery. There are people who are going to be going through surgery. Clarence in just a few weeks going for uh, his heart surgery. Abba Adonai, I ask for your protection, your provision, for wisdom. I ask, Father, that you would be doing uh, such work with with doctors and nurses. I want to thank you for those in the healthcare profession, in our own congregation, Corrine, who I know is doing so much, so much good. I, I just want to thank you for for loving us so much, for caring for us so much. 
You give us our daily bread. How much more do you give us our breath? How much more do you know everything? But so, Father, for every single trial that each one of us goes through, I pray that we would, like James says, look at it as, as pure joy, and you would be using each and every individual individual trial that comes our way to be refining us, to be drawing us into a closer relationship with your son. And someday we will look back millennium from now and see how you worked everything. You work all things together for good for those who love you and are called according to your purposes. So I will praise you for every, every surgery, every Every time where we have to be in our beds recuperating, I will praise you for the time of rest. And Father, I just, I, I do lift up our congregation, Father, asking that every time we, we have sickness, Father, that we will be drawing closer to you. You are good. You are holy. And while the enemy is out there trying to discourage each one of us, whether it is uh, because we can't walk, we can't sit up, we can't swallow, we can't think. Father, I, um, I pray that while we still have breath in our, each of our lungs, that we will use every, every bit of our strength to bring you honor and glory in whatever capacity that is, in whatever moment we have, whether it is with family and friends or people we don't like so much. God, I ask that, that you will do a mighty work in and among our dear family here at Naples Community Church. Thank you so much. And I look back to seeing how you will glorify yourself, answer these particular prayers, I know you've answered prayers in the past. We, we have a, full, a, a congregation full of people who owe so much debt of, debt of gratitude for, for healing that you've done, for cancers that have been gone away, for, for people that have survived unbelievable pain and suffering. You are our great healer. You are our physician. You are our father. You are our teacher. And now, Father, as... Um, we pray the way you've taught us to pray. May these words have new meaning. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And as we um, worship God with our tithes and offerings, if the ushers will come forward.
What a thrill to be here this morning. Thank you. What a warm church. With the cold weather outside, it's just beautiful in here. We love this church, love this building, and uh, thank you for, um, for having us here. Uh, we, uh, and David, that's on. How did you know what I was preaching on today? I'm talking about heaven today and our new bodies. Uh, next weekend, we're going to be up in northern Minnesota. We say goodbye to my dear cousin that I grew up with that passed away. And so, you know, um, my stepmom used to say, all we do anymore, she was in her 90s, all we do anymore is go to the doctor and attend funerals. And it seems like today with COVID and all the stuff that's going on and cancer and boy, we live, David, in a broken world and we can't wait to get to that Beulah land. And Billy Dean, Donna, thank you for, for your ministry music, too. And, and the video, that was about going to heaven, too. I mean, it's just all is working. God does that, you know. God does that in our, in our planning. He, he goes before us, and even though we don't talk ahead of time, it's all coordinated. So thank you. Uh, I wasn't going to go into uh, a lot of personal stuff, but uh, Willie and I are new full-time residents in Naples. We moved here from uh, Colorado Springs back in June. We sold our house there and moved here. We're enjoying the city so much. We love coming downtown. And uh, we, uh, we have a lot of Northerners coming to visit us in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> we're only glad, we're glad we only bought a two-bedroom, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's the address of a good hotel in town. <laughs> But uh, uh, I was raised in northern Minnesota, cold weather, minus 20 degrees. Uh, we lived in Minneapolis for about 50 years. I worked in radio there at KTIS and Northwestern College, then five years in Chicago, and uh, working with Moody Radio out of Chicago, uh, downtown Chicago, and then eight years in Colorado Springs with a global organization that is, as, as you talked about, reaching those that have never heard. Uh, two billion people in the world have never heard the name of Jesus, and they have no church, no missionary, no Bible in their language. Two billion people, a third of the, uh, almost a third of the world's population. And so I'm working now with Far East Broadcasting. We reach into China, Japan, Cambodia, Vietnam, Thailand, Ukraine, Russia. We get a million downloads of content a month from China, uh, a million a year from Russia. People around the world are hungry in these desperate times to know about Jesus. And that's been the driving impetus of our lives to, to reach those that have never heard the name of Jesus. We're so blessed in this country. Even though our country seems to be going downhill in so many ways, people are turning to the Lord in new and wonderful ways around, around the world. So we live in amazing, amazing times. Uh, we're going to talk about heaven today. We're going to think, talk about all things new. We're in a new year. Are you still on your diet that you started January 1st? No? Uh, how about your exercise program? How's that? Or reading through the Bible in a year? I'm glad you're doing these Bibles. That's a great encouragement to spend every day in the Word of God. Uh, it, it's a new year. People like new things. We, you know, we like to watch the news. N-E-W, it's new, what's new in the world? 
We like a new home, a new car. Do you notice you can't buy used cars anymore? They're certified pre-owned. They're not used. We like new stuff. Uh, we have in our Bibles, we have an Old Testament or an Old Covenant and a New Covenant. The Old Covenant was instituted by Moses in 1300 BC with the Ten Commandments and uh, God created a covenant with the people of Israel. Don't lie, don't steal, don't kill, uh, don't commit adultery, honor God at all you do. And as long as the nation of Israel kept up their side of the covenant, God would keep up his side. Unfortunately, the people of Israel did not keep up their end of the covenant because they lie, stole, killed, committed adultery. They did not put God first in their lives. And so they suffered. The old covenant was based on obedience. If you obeyed, you were good. If you disobeyed, it was death. And so they instituted a way of killing bulls and goats and sheep, and the blood was poured on the altar to cover people's sins. That's the Old Covenant. Uh, in 600 BC, a prophet by the name of Ezekiel pointed to something better coming up. God said through Ezekiel, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove your heart of stone from your flesh and give you a new heart. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk within my statutes. That pointed ahead to the coming of the anointed one, the Christ, the Messiah, Hamashiach. It was Jesus. Jesus came to establish a new covenant. And the book of Hebrews said, now Jesus is our high priest has been given the ministry that's far superior to the old priesthood. For he's the one who is mediating a far better covenant, which God based on better promises. We are fortunate, ladies and gentlemen, friends, to have a new covenant in the New Testament that was created by Jesus Christ himself. So, so Jesus makes all things new. And here's where I want to zero in. If you have your Bibles, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to focus in on some of the new things God has given us. And uh, part of my job is to read the scripture, which I will do. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For we know that if the tent, which is our earthly home, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent, Paul calls our bodies the tent, uh, in this tent we groan, longing to put on a heavenly dwelling, if indeed by putting on we may not be found naked. For while we're still in this tent, we groan. You notice that as we get older, this old tent, we start groaning and more aches and more pains and the things that used to work don't work anymore and the things we used to be able to do we can't do anymore. We groan in this tent being burdened, not that we'd be unclothed, but that we would rather be further clothed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. So, we're always of good courage. We know that while we're at home in the body, we're away from the Lord in this life. We live in a broken, toxic world. But fortunately, this world is not our home. We're just passing through because we know that while we're at home in the body, we're away from the Lord. 
Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from this body and home with the Lord. You sang about that, David. So we make it our aim to please him in this life. That's what that song the kids were singing about. While we wait to be in heaven, we live this life and live a life that's pleasing to God so that he may say to us when the day comes, well done, you did good. So we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what's due for what he's done in the body, either good or evil. Uh, what we do in this life has implications of what we do after this life is over. Let me talk to you a little bit about the new body and about the new heaven that Paul describes here. Up until a few years ago, um, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I have my Master of Divinity degree from a seminary. I should have known this earlier. Uh, I kind of bought into the Hallmark greeting card picture of heaven, where when we die, we become angels. We don't become angels. Uh, you know, the floating on the cloud in our nightgowns playing on a harp forever. That's kind of the picture that our culture has of that. The Bible picks, uh, pictures it much, much differently. We will receive our temporary heavenly body. We will not be disembodied spirits in heaven. We will have new heavenly bodies that actually are temporary, but we will be trans, uh, you know, we'll have a body like Jesus. And there will be no more, thank you for your prayer, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more dying. God will wipe away every tear from our body. And we will be absent from the body, present with the Lord, as Romans chapter 8 says. In fact, let me just read it for you. <clears throat> um, for, for consider this, the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that reveals the troubles we have are going to be minor compared to the glory we experience later. Creation waits in eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. And so we know that the whole creation has been groaning together as in the pains of childhood until now. Not only the creation, but we ourselves. We ourselves eagerly waiting the adoption of sons for the redemption of our bodies. Our, we groan, our bodies groan for the eternal. And God has placed eternity in our hearts that we yearn for that time when we'll be set free from these bodies. Paul talked about these bodies like tents. And when this life is over, the tent is folded up and put away and we receive a new heavenly body. Paul says, absent from the body, present with the Lord. When this life is over, when we have received Jesus Christ into our lives, he becomes our personal savior. He forgives our sin. He gives us a new spirit within us. We have the promise that when this is life is over, we go immediately into the presence of God. What's that gonna be like? Can you imagine? As we sang in the holy, 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 can you imagine the thrill of worshiping in the very presence of God? Some people say, when I get to God, I'm going to ask some questions. When I get to heaven, I'm going to be flat on my face and worship and adoration of the glory around us. The, the word for heaven in the Bible is actually paradise. Remember, Jesus told the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me. He didn't say heaven. He said paradise. There's a difference. Heavens is, you know, what's all around us. 
But the paradise, the original Greek word, uh, one of the few things I learned in seminary, is monai. And it's a word like a temporary dwelling place till we get to our final destination. It's like a motel or a hotel where we stay temporarily until the final destination. And so <clears throat> paradise is a, as uh, N.T. Wright, the British theologian said, a temporary halt on a journey that will take you somewhere else on the long run. That's the definition of that. Paradise is not our final destruction. Uh, N.T. Wright says this in his book, uh, Surprised by Hope, but a blissful garden, a parkland of rest and tranquility where the dead are refreshed as they wait resurrection and the dawn of the new heaven and new earth. Okay, so we have our heavenly bodies. We're in Monai, paradise, a temporary place, waiting for our resurrected bodies when Jesus returns and establishes on this earth a new heaven and the earth. We won't be floating on the clouds forever. Uh, the book of Revelation talks about the new Jerusalem coming down and establishing a new heaven and a new earth, a restored garden of Eden on this planet. And we will receive that we will be united with our resurrected bodies as followers of Jesus, raised from the dead, rise from the dead, and receive their eternal everlasting body in the new heaven and the new earth. And uh, this is going to be something else. <clears throat> Let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians 15 as uh, Paul describes what some of what this, of, of this, is, what this is going to be like. Someone will ask, how are the dead raised? Now remember, this is after we've been in paradise, Jesus returns to earth and we have our resurrected body. With what kind of body do they come? What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. These bodies of ours dies and we are sown uh, in, in our mortality. But God gives it a body as he has chosen. What is sown perishable is raised imperishable. What is sown in dishonor is raised in glory. What is sown in weakness is raised in power. Willie and I have been married close to seven years. Uh, eight years ago, my wife, Norma, passed away of cancer in our living room in Colorado Springs. And uh, I was there with her and with my two daughters and we were holding her hand as she was close to breathing her last. And we were praying, quoting scripture, and finally we said, Norma, we release you from this broken, toxic world into the presence of Jesus. And she breathed her last breath. And there were moments, I don't know if it was two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, we, we felt her presence there. Her body was there, we felt her presence. Have you ever been in the presence of someone who passed into glory? And uh, my doctor friend, Walt Learmore, said it's gonna be like that. It's not a departure of the soul immediately. Maybe this sounds like hocus pocus to you, but it's very real, and other people have commented on this, that as the soul makes its journey from the tent into paradise with the new heavenly bodies, and after a few minutes, Norma was gone. We no longer felt her presence there. And that body there was no longer Norma. That was her tent that was folded up and put away as she passed into God's very presence and received her heavenly body in the presence of Jesus forever. Friends, 
That's what awaits each and every one of us when this life is over. New bodies, new paradise, no tears, no cancer, no divorce, no bankruptcy, no heartache, no death, no dying. God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And the glorious awaiting in paradise, however long that is, 100 years, 1,000 years, 10,000 years, we don't know, until the fullness of time comes and Jesus returns to this planet to establish a new heaven, new earth, and his kingdom forever. A restored Garden of Eden that John, in the last book of the Bible, describes. <clears throat> Here's, don't take it from me. Take it from, from John himself. And this would be in uh, Revelation uh, chapter 21. This is what's going to happen ultimately. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. The earth as we know it is going to disappear. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. No more mourning, no more crying, no more pain, for the former things are passed away. Almost makes you excited, right? To what God has for us ahead. Now, here's, I gotta watch the time here. I get carried away a little bit. How are we doing? Here's what I wanna talk to you about. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5 also talks about something new besides our new bodies and our new heaven. He talks about a new relationship with God through Christ. Let me, let me share that teaching with you. And if you're following along in your Bible, 2 Corinthians 5.11. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are, but, uh, what we are is known to God. For the love of God controls us because we have concluded that he has died for all. Therefore, all have died. And he died for all that those who live might live no longer for themselves, but for him who died and was raised. So uh, here it is in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. The old Bill, the old Bonnie, the old Bob, the old Ethel is gone because we are new creatures. That's what the Bible calls new birth or born from above or theologically regeneration. We are regenerated. We receive a new person. We're changed from the inside out. All of this is from God who through Christ has reconciled to himself, us to himself and gave us the ministry of the reconciliation. Remember when Jesus died, the veil in the temple was split in the... In the Old Covenant, there was a big veil separating the people from God's presence in the Holy of Holies. Jesus died and that veil was taken away, demonstrating that we now have full access 
into the presence of God. We can come boldly into the presence of God because Jesus Christ has broken down the barrier caused by sin. We're no longer separated from God. Sin separates us from God. Jesus died and paid the price for our sin. So our acceptance by God is no longer by obedience or by the blood of calves and goats. Our relationship with God is through Jesus Christ who shared his own blood on the cross once and for all so that we might be reconciled with God. Isn't that a cool thing, what Christ has done for us? Replaced all the old sacrifices, replaced all the uncertainty of obedience to the law because Christ has set us free. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anyone, he's a new creature. The old has gone, the new has come. And as Ezekiel said, he has given us a new heart and a new spirit within us. Here's the bottom line. At one time, we as mere mortals were separated from sin. Happened in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve disobeyed. The amount, no amount of performance can compensate for our sins. There's a veil between us and God. And the God of this world has blinded us. But Jesus died so that we no longer live for self. Our sins are covered and forgiven. God has brought us back to himself through Christ. And Paul finishes by saying, we plead with you. Be reconciled to God. Let me ask you a personal question. Are you reconciled to God? Or do you feel the veil of sin? Do you feel that, that separation? I, God seems so far away. And How can I ever approach a holy God? I'm such a sinner. 2 Corinthians 5.21, the last verse of that chapter says, God made him, Jesus, to be sin for us so that we might be the righteousness of God. God took our sin and placed it on perfect Jesus. Then he took perfect Jesus and placed his righteousness on us. What a deal. What a deal. We can be new creatures. We can be forgiven in Christ. There's a, there was a man in, in the UK. His name was Shane Taylor. He was considered one of the most dangerous men in the UK. He was uh, sent to prison for, uh, for murder charges. He was terrible in prison. He attacked a prison guard with glass and started a riot in the prison. He was placed in maximum security in the prison. They never opened the doors of his cell except six armed guards were there. They put his food through a, a little a window in his cell. Later, he was transferred to a maximum security prison where he could see no one, talk to no one, except he was allowed to go to an Alpha Bible study. He went to that Bible study, heard about Jesus dying for his sins, and there in that Bible study, he prayed this prayer. Jesus, I know you've died on a cross for me. I hate who I am and who I've become. Please forgive me and come into my life. At that moment, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He ran out into the court saying, Jesus is real, Jesus is real. His behavior changed so much that he was transferred out of maximum security and became a prison chaplain in that maximum security prison. When he was uh, re released, he was finally released. He married a woman named Sam, who was also had been in prison for uh, drug use and 
drug trafficking and other criminal activity. She came to Jesus as her savior. They got married and they've had five children and he is now active in a, a church in London. A new life. If God can forgive Shane Taylor, he can forgive you. I don't know what you've done. God knows what you've done, you know what you've done. But there's nothing so bad that you can't come to Jesus and say, will you forgive me for my sins? I have sinned, I need your forgiveness. Thanks for dying for me. Come into my life, make me a new creature in Christ. Let me pray. Dear Jesus, thank you that we live under the new covenant. The old has passed, the new has come. Thank you for the promise of a, a new home in paradise and new bodies you will give us. Thank you for the promise of a new order on, on earth and the new, new kingdom you will create here and the resurrected bodies you will give us. And we pray that you would be with us today for anybody that needs a new beginning in this new year, that we would have a new start with our sins washed away, receiving the Holy Spirit and being transferred from, transitioned and transformed from the inside out. Thank you for God's love, for Jesus' sacrifice and the Holy Spirit filling us. This is a holy, blessed moment, and we pause to thank you and receive you into our lives. In the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.